been a long time. I shouldn't have left you. Word to P. Diddy. <laughs> uh, this is Not Your Everyday Podcast. N-Y-E-P. Episode 1. This podcast is about three things. One, fear. Discussing fear to make us feel more comfortable talking about our failures. Two, millennials. Discussing why millennials are the future leaders of our time. And three, inspiration. Inspiring the leader within you. How to achieve greatness and excellence. It's not your everyday conversation because I'll be going deep. I want you to come with me on this journey. The real magic is actually connecting with others. If you want to do anything in this world, it's about creating a vision for others to join. So today, I launched this podcast. So this is a podcast that took years in the making. It's a podcast I wish I had a decade ago. It's a podcast I worked on my whole life, pretty much. The truth is, and honestly speaking, it's going to be a rough ride. I'm going to help the listeners to cut through complexity, cut through the hype, navigate success and failure. I'll be your long-term companion. I'm typically a private person. If those of you who know me, you know that I'm quite private. But I've come to learn that if I want to be a future leader, I have to learn to be more public. At the time of this podcast, to give you context, for those who don't know me, let me take it back. I'm just a kid who was raised in South East London, on a council estate with two parents, two kids, not two kids, <laughs> two sisters, and a belief that one day I'll be somebody significant. I went to a state school, I received the education maintenance allowance, the EMA, and I did a paper round as well. Fast forward to today, at the time of the podcast, I'm 27, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I used to play for a semi-professional football club but now I'm a management consultant in London. I work for one of the biggest accountancy firms in the world. I've been fortunate enough to help launch two national projects. I've helped create a reverse mentoring movement in the corporate world. I've mentored a senior member on the executive board of the company that I work for. I've been featured on global charity reports, upcoming books and Richard Branson's company website, Virgin. I've spoken at international conferences, I've advised the UK government on mentoring programmes, I've volunteered and worked for orphanages in South America, and I've completed work experience in China. I've also met world leaders like the former UN General Secretary, the late Kofi Annan, Sir Bob Geldof, and CEOs of the largest retail chains in the UK. So, I'm on this journey of trying to impact the world. My story is still being written, but I believe I have a bright future ahead. What makes me who I am today, or what is my why, is that I want to inspire people to become the best versions of themselves. I care deeply about social mobility, which I interpret as providing opportunities for disadvantaged people. I want to tell you my story, so hopefully you can follow me along the the journey and hopefully be inspired along the way and share it with others. I realised the best thing I can do to help others is to be brutally honest, even if it costs me, so that you can learn from my mistakes, 
be encouraged through my honesty and be confident to be yourself in all situations. Because as you know, like your friends around you will influence you more than celebrities and people like Oprah or Barack Obama, etc. The people that you are close to, you're around with, you're in contact with quite frequently, they are the ones who will influence you the most. I chose this platform, podcast, instead of the blogs and videos um, because Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, a lot of people only show you one dimension of themselves. We only show the nights out, the announcements, the success, and I include myself in this too. But I want to show you with this podcast multiple dimensions of myself so that you can understand the behind the scenes, the ups and downs and the moments of self-doubt. It's going to be authentic. It's going to be the real me because I've been I've been holding back. I'm telling you, I've been holding back. I'm going to be open. I'm going to be, I'm going to open up and you know, like I said I've been holding back for a long time and it's it's exciting but scary. But uh, I know why I'm doing it and it's because I want to take us back to reality. I want to take myself back to reality. And along the way, um as I'm becoming a leader, I want to inspire a generation to be themselves and achieve more than they ever could imagine. I've got an amazing treat for all of you. I'm going to bring on people on this podcast who are going to be opening up like they've never done before and much deeper. These people are influential figures of our time, from CEOs of large and small companies board members, entrepreneurs, senior leaders in business, in charity, professional footballers, ex-government members, and so on. They will tell you their behind the scenes, their mistakes, their thoughts alone, and, and yes, how they struggled through their challenges. Yes, I just want to keep it real. I really do just want to break down this myth of leadership being perfect and they can only they can never make mistakes and all this stuff and at the end you can see the leader within you but first I would like to lead by example and share my thoughts when I tell you my truth I hope to find out that I'm not the only one and people will come out and say me too so here it goes I'm losing control I feel like I'm going crazy I must be having a heart attack. I'm smothering, I can't actually breathe. It came upon me by surprise. I began to feel a wave of fear. Like, and my stomach, it, it gave out on me. I couldn't, I couldn't even hear my heart pounding. Like, actually, no, my heart was pounding so loud. I thought, oh, like, it was going to come out of my, my chest. Like, pains were shooting down my legs. I became so afraid, I couldn't even catch my breath. Like, I was thinking, what was happening to me? Was I having a heart attack? Am I actually dying? Fear. How many of you can relate? This episode, I will open up about my fears and tell you how I deal with them. Hopefully, there are a couple of things that you could take away from it um, and use in your life. Hashtag campaigns like Me Too, Time's Up, they all stem from speaking up or the fear of speaking up. In a world that wants us to whisper, my podcast choose to yell. 
Fear is one of the most powerful emotions and has a strong effect on the mind and the body. 51% of young people are embarrassed to talk about their phobias. In the UK, an estimated of 10 million people have phobias. This is the next big conversation because I think there's a, a hunger for people to hear about failure due to people's realities not meeting their expectations on social media. They see people's successes, they see their fame, they see their, their achievements and their announcements, but no one talks about their fears and failures. And I hope in these discussions we can talk about how to struggle through failure to make success in whatever area you define success in. One of my fears was this podcast. I wasn't sure how it would land. I wasn't sure what I was going to say, how people would receive it, what uh, risk might be involved, um, how uh, people would uh, speak about me because of this podcast. There were so many reasons and so many doubts that I had. Um, but I had to just take a step back and say, why am I doing it? And will the, the people that I'm trying to help, will they... Um, appreciate it and I just had to put my fears aside uh, write a list of the positive things that will this podcast would do and then the negatives and then in the end it was the positives that outweighed the negative uh, and so I just just went for it I spoke with my mentor and she encouraged me by being very practical she said Olu this is the date you're going to launch so working backwards these are the things that you need to do each week and each week or every two weeks she checked up on me I was taking action because I was held accountable I had a fear I still have fears unfortunately <laughs> but it's about being vulnerable about my fear of failing exams and experiencing imposter syndrome led me to give a heartfelt speech at one Young World Conference in The Hague last year. You can go on Google and type in Olu Odubajo, O-D-U-B-A-J-O, One Young World Speech 2018, and you'll see my video. And this video went viral when Lord Michael Hastings posted it on his LinkedIn, and it got 18,000 views in three weeks. Even Richard Branson endorsed me on LinkedIn and the reverse mentoring program that I launched at my workplace, which inspired other companies to follow this was amazing um, and I learned our willingness to own and engage with our fears determine the depth of our courage and the clarity of our purpose the alternative of not discussing this is worse actually this leads to disengagement and disconnection so if I take myself as an example I wasn't brave enough to talk about the fact that I felt uncomfortable at work I felt uncomfortable because I felt like I didn't belong I felt like I was an outsider and I managed to kind of find my way into an organization that's completely different to what I knew the world was I didn't tell anybody that because I had a fear of asking for help I didn't want to be seen as someone who asked for help too often. When I was given tasks to complete and the instructions wasn't that clear, I was afraid to clarify or ask more questions because I didn't want my managers to think I was slow or unintelligent. 
This was compounded by the fact that I was an ethnic minority and I didn't want to fit into any stereotypes that might that they might already have of me. As a side note, I think this is a, a big problem for minority groups such as BAME, women, LGBTQ, in general, because often we hold back asking for help as, as we feel we are already at a disadvantage in the workplace due to being a minority. So in order to compensate for this perceived view of being disadvantaged, we will hold back asking for help in particular tasks so it appears to others that we can get on with the job with less than minimal or unclear instruction and we hope that this wouldn't compromise on the quality of our work but not knowing that having discussions about these feelings will help me overcome the feeling of imposter syndrome feeling like i'm an imposter having these discussions allowed me to feel stronger weirdly enough like when I started talking about it it gave me strength <laughs> it's a weird kind of feeling it's like the things you fear the most will give you the most strength when you hide and hide and hide and bury and bury and bury uh, until you can't even recognize the, your own fear you lose yourself, you lose a bit of who you are. And I've learned that that isn't good for you in the short term or the long term. Of course, there's some things that you shouldn't share. You know? Let's use wisdom, discernment, you know, that sort of thing, of course. But the things that can be shared, but you're scared, I think sh should be. So if you are anxious because of a particular fear, just try to speak to one person about it. Even if you think they can't help you, just try it and see where it leads you. Because by simply opening up about your fear, it takes away the power of that fear. So you naturally become more confident to talk about it with other people. I wasn't aware of this power of vulnerability, or maybe I didn't believe in it. And when I started opening up, things got better. I had better conversations. People were able to provide support, encourage me. And I was missing all of that. People were able to give me resources, tools, books, events, take, took me to events, uh, introduced me to people. I was like really shocked about the amount of support that's available once you open up. And uh, people actually respect you when you're truthful and when you open up because it's a sign of bravery it's a sign of courage and part of this not knowing the power of vulnerability especially as a male comes from my background comes from my experiences comes from what society tells me what a man should be like and I finally understood through many conversations I should say that you know we were told a lie society's been telling you a lie about what a man should be and I'm so happy that I'm in the place now where I can I can access my vulnerability and I can show it I can tell you now the things that I go through um, and some of those things could be health related it could be 
anxiety, it could be stress, um, it could be relationship issues. Um, and it's given me a new found confidence. I'm not afraid anymore of most things related to asking for help at work or um, self-awareness and you know, things that, you, that most people go through in life. I'm, I'm happy to share now. Uh, some of you might be like, well, you don't share much on Instagram. You don't share much, you know, online. Well, there's a place and a purpose. Does it mean that I'm on social media? I have to share all the problems. No. Why is that the platform to share your problems? Is it the platform? If you come, if you know me and you've come to some of the men's group that I'm involved in, I share, I give, give my take. I explain the problems that I go through. That is a better environment for me to to feel encouraged. So it's really about choosing your platforms as well. Where's the right place to share and feel vulnerable and get the help that you need? We can't shortcut our way from engaging with vulnerability. Wisdom and experience can't be substituted to say, oh, I don't need to to feel emotional right now because I've been through this before. I know it's critically important to push through the discomfort of fear and of anxiety, of shame, of guilt. But it's never easy, but we're always grateful and stronger when we're done. Because what lives on the other side of fear is strength, it's hope, it's a better future. Now, I'm going to play two clips of people who pushed past their fears and created a better future for themselves and everyone else around them. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. Because I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. Let us not wallow in the valley of despair. I say to you today, my friends, so even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. They felt the fear and did it anyways. The first clip, that was Michael Jordan's night commercial called Failure, and you can find it on YouTube. He is one of the most, well, arguably the most successful basketball players of all time. Martin Luther King, his speech, I Have a Dream, is one of the most famous speeches ever written. And that speech changed the world. It impacted millions of people. These are some of the most inspirational moments of our time. And what did they all have in common? They felt the fear and did it anyways. 
Michael Jordan missed more than 9,000 shots in his career and lost almost 300 games. He failed many times. Like, I'm sure one of his fears was failure, but he still went on that court every game and tried every game and never gave up. And that's why he's one of the greatest. Martin Luther King. He feared hatred, dislike from people who didn't agree with his views as a civil rights leader. He feared numerous death threats on his life. And he feared his family being hurt when people tried to burn his house down. They are no different to you and me. They had a cause bigger and higher than themselves. And this helped them push past the fear and do it anyways. You don't have to be on stage to face your fears. Every day you have a chance to be inspirational to your family, friends, your colleagues, your partners. Don't wait to be ready. Don't wait for the stage. Show people that you are not scared and chase your dreams. Act on your goals. Do it for the people around you. It will, it will mean more to them than you will ever know. There are many books on fear. So instead of reading them all, I wanted to find out what was the common themes that authors write about when they talk about fear? So I went on book reviews like goodreads.com to see what people said about the books on fear. And nowadays people write long, thorough reviews and detailed summaries of books. So the top three things I found out on fear was one by, her name was Pima Chodron. When things fall apart, heart advice for difficult times. So she said, we think that the point is to pass the test or to overcome the problem of fear. But the truth is, is that things don't really get solved. They come together and they fall apart. They, they then come together again and fall apart again. It's just like that. So what I got from this was, the healing from fear or overcoming your fears comes from letting there be room for all of this to happen. Room for grief, room for relief, room for misery, room for joy. I thought that was quite good. The second book was called Rejection Book. Sorry. <laughs> it was Rejection Proof. How I Beat Fear and Became Invincible Through 100 Days of Rejection by Jia Jing, J-I-A-J-I-A-N-G. The thing I learned was to find empathy, value, meaning and freedom in rejection by learning from it. So focusing on everything you can control and then that is actually how to win. Know that rejection is just an opinion. It reflects them more than it reflects you. So what I took from this was to rethink rejection. To be rejection proof, you've got to be able to be, um, to have a neutral feeling towards it. So being rejected is part of being human and rejections are not actually rejections of you as a person, but they're, they're opinions about the things that you are requesting. So that was good to differentiate my understanding of rejection because that causes fear. Um, and the last thing I learned was by Ruth Sukup, and the book was called Do It Scared. And she talks about the seven fear archetypes 
And the seven fear archetypes identify what is it that may hold people back. And the seven fear archetypes are the procrastinator, the rule follower, the people pleaser, the outcast, the self-doubter, the excuse maker, and the pessimist. So after using these tools um, to identify your archetype um, and reading in depth about them, part of this book then showed the reader how, um, once you understand how it actually holds you back so that you can learn some of the principles to overcome it um, by first understanding what type of person you are that deals with fear. I thought that was good. So lots of great leaders, thinkers, athletes, artists and performers feel full of conflict, full of anxiety and self-doubt. But on every step of their journey, they always have these moments of conflict and anxiety. But they always show up time after time with a head full of doubts and a body full of fear. And what do they do? They do what others won't. And that's what makes them great. All of us are capable of doing exactly that. If we are simply willing to experience the intense feelings that inevitably accompany pursuing anything of worth. So don't try and put all these athletes, singers, artists, performers on a pedestal because we are, they're, they're no different to us, essentially. They've just pursued longer at a particular thing and overcome their fears and someone has recognised them and put them on a platform. So the actions of confidence actually come first, and then the feeling of confidence comes later. This was a, a very good distinction that I took away from this book. Um, oh, took away from, like, from, from this message. The hardest step is actually the first step, and then it gets easier. So always remember that when facing your fears, you don't feel confident immediately. It takes time. So you just have to act confident and then the feeling of confidence will then follow. So by taking control of your actions, especially when your thoughts and feelings are negative and you, and you feel uncomfortable, those are the moments by taking control of your actions then, then you're able to create and muster up uh, a genuine confidence um, and you can overcome your fears. And genuine confidence is not actually the absence of fear. It's actually a transformed relationship with fear. Rather than thinking, I'm the only one who suffers from anxiety. I'm the only one who suffers from sleep deprivation. I'm the only one who suffers from imposter syndrome. Start to think, who else suffers from these issues, these concerns, these problems? Because once we start to see the big picture, we are better able to reality check our fears and what triggers our fears and start to change our social expectations of that particular fear like you wouldn't believe this wasn't a fear of mine but it was an anxiety not a clinical anxiety it was more so just i guess it was a confusion it was confusion more than anxiety it was when i travel what are the things i want to post and not post that is a deliberation for me that takes time for me to think and post I don't just post anything but I used to get so caught up in the idea of what to post what not to post I end up not posting at all and then not enjoying the moment so when I'm in the holiday I'm on the beach I'm in a restaurant whatever uh, I'm confused because I'm like do I share this moment or do I keep it 
I'm not enjoying the moment because I'm not thinking about the moment. Like, this food is great, this curry goat is great, it's amazing, but like, I just want to snap it, but then I don't. But then what should I write? Like, where's the location? What's the filter? It's too much. It really is too much. So, what I've learnt now is take a picture and save it for later and then post it for later if you really want to share it. Take a video, save it, and then share it later. And that's helped me um, in the moment, enjoy the moment when I'm on holiday, when I'm doing something that um, I want to keep the moment and the feeling. Fear can affect your ability to eat, sleep, concentrate, travel and enjoy life. This one was a big revelation for me. Finding your fears is more important than defining your goals. By tackling your fears, it will help you become more courageous. Everybody is scared of something. There's a reason why there isn't an expert in the field of fear. We don't want to live in fear or lead from fear. Because you know what? Being yourself with the fear can be a revolutionary act. Me being silent serves no one. So it's in your interest and everybody else's interest to speak up. So instead of dismissing your fears, you should study them closely to translate those fear to preparation and action. So if your worst fear came true, you already know how to handle it. So why don't we talk about our fears? Do we not talk about our fears because we don't know how to deal with them? So the point of this podcast, this episode, is to make you feel confident about your fears and to hopefully help you talk about them. Too often we are told to act strong, ignore our fears, but not knowing the source of our strength comes from understanding our fears. Fear could be your first date after divorce. It could be talking about race with your team. It could be trying to get pregnant after a second miscarriage. It could also be starting your own business waiting for the doctor to call back, getting fired, giving feedback. All of this can be fear. As much as we like to believe, you know, the wisdom and experience can replace it, it doesn't. We are so busy, we don't even think enough about tackling our fears. We just live with them. I'm afraid of heights. So that means I'm not going to go to Alton Towers or I'm not going to go to Legoland, if you mind, I'm still on that. (laughs) But yeah, you'll just be just ignoring that for the rest of your life you won't go you won't even let your kids go you just do the banana boat and that's it but have you ever questioned the reason why you're afraid of heights what is it about height you feel like you're gonna die is it too high you feel you're gonna lose your breath like question it until you get to a root cause of why you you are fearful of heights and then once you have an understanding maybe then question that understanding and be like well I'm not actually quite sure that's true, that I believe that I'm going to lose my breath if I fall from, you know, thousands of feet in the air. So you then challenge yourself to do it. And once you do it, you'll realise that there was nothing to be afraid of. We have to stay curious about our own blind spots and how to pull those blind spots and those issues into view. But we need to be committed to helping the people we serve find their blind spots in a way that's safe and supportive that's one of the reasons why i started this podcast when we own our hard stories and rumble with them we can write our own ending and that ending can include how we're going to use what we've survived with 
to become great because when we deny our story of struggle they actually own us they drive our behaviors our emotions our thinking our leading if i said to you i struggle with being accepted in large groups i won't go to networking events or i'll go to less i won't go to team socials because i don't want to be the last one there or be by myself i won't go to church or i won't go to places that have large groups because i'm afraid that i won't find anybody to speak to do you see how limiting that is to your life fear shouldn't only be discussed in a one-off ted talk we should move the discussion into podcasts into workplaces into our family households and keep it relevant fear has a very concrete power of keeping us from doing and saying the things that can help us. I hope one of the outcomes of you listening to this podcast is that you go and speak to your dad that you haven't spoken to for years, for months, for days, and break that ice. It's for you to go speak to your boss that you have a problem with because they don't respect you, they don't treat you well, and share your concerns. It's for you to talk to your ex and resolve that issue that you had with him or her and allow you to move on. Because these are all fears, all fears that keep us locked, prisoners of our own thoughts. Finding your fears is more important than defining your goals. So this is the end of episode one. How did you find it? Um, I really do hope that this isn't a podcast that you just listen to and say "Mm, that was alright and go about your go about the rest of your day I hope you use this time well spent to prompt you to act on understanding your fears more by writing them down um, understanding what holds you back by by identifying what of the seven fear archetypes relate to you Um, you should also try to speak up to your friends family and colleagues and if you have time if you have time watch the ted talk about what i learned from 100 days of rejection it's really good so pay attention to the hard things you struggle with no matter what stage in life you're in Don't let your fears go unchallenged. Remember, fears do not discriminate. So don't let your fears control you. Thank you for getting this far. Appreciate you guys. You're a good friend. Take care.